by great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. 
He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease affect us? Good morning, everyone. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship. I'm Pastor Doug. So glad to have you here this morning. Happy Resurrection Day. Hallelujah, Father. We're so grateful and thankful that Jesus is alive. He has been raised from the dead. And Lord, he is ever living to make intercession for us. And we just praise your wonderful name, Lord Jesus. And we bless you in this place today. Thank you for doing great and mighty things in us, through us, and to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Good morning. Are you ready to worship? It's Resurrection Day in the house.
We've got no chains on us because of the blood of Jesus. Do you believe that in this place today?
from anybody. Come on. My heart is freedom for the love of Jesus. My heart has been surrendered. Come on, let's worship in this place.
do whatever you want to to do whatever you want in this place today Lord we make room for you in our hearts in this atmosphere to do whatever you want to excited about the goodness of our God and we just thank you Lord that your presence is here and you speak to us how much can you receive how much can you have I'm a good God says the Lord And I'm here to increase your capacity to receive. For all those can receive what they believe. Trust in my goodness. Receive my favor. And I will make you glad. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Praise the Lord. 
You know, before Jesus went to the cross, before he was betrayed, he celebrated the Passover with his disciples. And uh, it was a meal that was started in Exodus. And it was a celebration that went on for eight days. The Jews knew how to party. <laughs> Amen? And uh, God's into extended parties. Yeah. Hallelujah. And I just want to share some scriptures with you from the book of Hebrews. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 9, chapter 10, and chapter 13. First of all, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. Hebrews 9 and 14. He said, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit willingly offered himself to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works and lifeless observances to serve the living God? You've been cleansed to serve. You know, because dead works tend to accumulate in our mind, in our conscience. And the voice of your conscience is the Holy Spirit, but he cleanses our conscience from dead works. Why? So that you can serve the living God. Everybody say the living God. He's alive. He's not dead. Amen? All right, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, and uh, we're going to read verses 19 through 22. Hebrews 10 verses 19 through 22. It's through his blood that we can we have confidence to enter his presence. Therefore, believers, since we have confidence and full freedom, I must say full freedom. To enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. By this new and living way, which he initiated and opened for us through the veil. Remember when he was on the cross, the veil was torn in two. That means we all have access as a believer. That is through his flesh. Verse 21. And since we have a great and wonderful priest over the house of God, let us approach God with a true and sincere heart in unqualified assurance of faith, having had our hearts sprinkled uh, clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Hallelujah. Not only are you clean, you're squeaky clean. As a believer in Christ Jesus, you can enter into God's presence anytime, any place. His door is always open for you. And then finally, Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, we're going to look at verse 12, and then verses 20 and 21. Hebrews 13, 12. Therefore, Jesus also suffered and died outside the gate so that, you might, so, that he, so that he might sanctify and set apart for God as holy the people through his own blood. You've been set apart, you've been sanctified. Glory to God, by his own blood. And let's go down to verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, 
through the blood that sealed and ratified the eternal covenant. Equip you with every good thing to carry out his will and strengthen you, accomplishing in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Today is resurrection day. That means we get to participate of his resurrection. He did it for us. He did it so that we could have heaven's goods. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And if you, if you need your uh, elements, go ahead and get your elements now. Uh, they're in the back there, and then we'll all participate with communion together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. One day when heaven is filled with his praises, one day when sin was as black as could be, Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin, dwelt among men, my example is he. The world became flesh and the light shined among his glory.
And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and he blessed it and broke it and gave it to them and said, take, eat, this is my body, let us eat. And then he had taken the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Let's drink. Hallelujah. Father, thank you so much for the gift of Jesus and the gift of eternal life. Lord, we receive your gift today and we celebrate this wonderful and glorious day, the day in which Jesus was risen from the dead. And he ever lives for us. And Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, I'd like to welcome Miss Karen. She is going to share uh, some music with us. Have you enjoyed hearing a different instrument in our team? Amen. And so uh, she's going to bless us right now. We're going to exit and give her the stage. Amen. going to read a little scripture and share. Is this on? Can you hear me? Okay. And when the Sabbath, Mark 16, this is about the first day of the week when um, the women went to the tomb. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, They came unto the sepulchre at the rising of the sun. Lost my place. (laughs) And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. So we praise God. He is risen. And without the cross, we wouldn't have our sins nailed and our sins forgiven. Without the cross, we wouldn't have redemption. And without the cross, we wouldn't have his blood, which washes us from everything like Doug just said. (laughs) And without the cross, we wouldn't have him breaking chains of death and hell. And he rose from the grave and conquered it all. And I'm, I want to celebrate this with you. And the song I'm going to play is Alleluia to the Lamb. And this song, um, it reminds me totally of Revelations where the angels and the redeemed are singing Alleluia to the Lamb. And so we're rejoicing because he is risen. He is on the throne. And he's the Lamb who was slain. But he's the King of glory. And we can praise him today.
Well, that was wonderful. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Are you full of joy this morning? Hallelujah. We're going to have our announcements. Glory to God. Thanks. <laughs> I'm coming. Okay. So we're going to keep announcements super short today. Everything this week is as normal, our regular announcements. <laughs> Tuesday is youth group and um, this generation. Thursday is Bible adventure. We have a special announcement for Wednesday, though. Um, this Wednesday, April 12th, is our prayer, praise, and worship night for the community. So invite people that you know. It's going to be an awesome time. We worship, give God all the glory and praise, and just continue the celebration of that Jesus is resurrected, right? Um, I don't have any facts to share or anything like that because, honestly, there's no fact or anything that's going to be like, like, the truth today is that Jesus is alive. Like, how awesome is that, right? So keep that in mind today as we just celebrate and worship God throughout the week and every day. That's it. <laughs> well, we are glad that you're here this morning. And this is a celebration. Glory to God. I just want to read something uh, to you from um, Matthew uh, 26. And uh, I'll be reading from the Amplified. Hallelujah. So, um, you know, before Jesus went to the cross, he was anointed. And we're going to read uh, Matthew uh, 26, starting with verse 6. Matthew 26, 6. Now, when Jesus was uh, in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster vial of very expensive perfume. Everybody say very expensive. You know, when you invest in Jesus, you're investing in something good. And uh, Jesus has never had a down day. He's never had a bad day. He's never suffered a loss. So this woman, John identified her as Mary, the sister of Lazarus, and Martha. And she poured it on Jesus' head as he reclined on the table. I bet that would have been an interesting thing. You're in the middle of dinner and this woman comes in to pour expensive oil on your head. And I'm sure that the perfume just filled the room, the aroma. Verse 8, But when the disciples saw it, they were indignant and angry. You know, religion gets indignant and angry at any investment in Jesus. Saying, why all this waste of money? Anytime you give something to Jesus, you're not wasting anything. For this perfume might have been sold at, at a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of their malice of this remark, 
said to them, you know, Jesus didn't agree with them. He didn't agree with them that this was a bad investment. Why are you bothering the woman? She has done a good thing. Everybody say a good thing. Jesus calls an investment into him as a good thing. A good thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for my burial. I assure you, and most solemnly I say to you, wherever the gospel of salvation is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memory of her for her act of love and devotion. I'll tell you what, this woman got blessed, amen? And her story has been told over and over and over again all around the world. Hallelujah. So here at VCF, you have an opportunity to invest in God. Amen. To give of of your uh, labor and of your fruitfulness and of your blessedness. Now, we don't pass a container here, but we have two containers uh, by the bookstore. And as you came in, we call those our seed planters. You can give any time during the service. Amen. And I, I do mean that anytime. And if you're watching online, you can give through our website that way. And so, Father, it is my privilege to pronounce a blessing on your givers and their gifts, Lord. And I thank you that it goes into the kingdom. It's a good thing. And, Lord, we just do it because we love you and we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. We're going to dismiss our kids now for kids' lives. So kids, teachers, have a great and wonderful class. Let's be blessed. Hallelujah. Well, it's Resurrection Day. Hallelujah. You know, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they were looking for calculators because God told them to be fruitful and multiply. Hallelujah. And uh, if you didn't receive uh, a thing. I just, I, I put together some events of Jesus's last days. And if you, I passed these out on Wednesday. If you didn't get one, you can get one today as you leave. Uh, I think it's, it'll be in the back somewhere there. And uh, it's just kind of a, a summary of uh, what Jesus did. You know, you can, you, you can only touch on a few things in a service, right? So you can have that to look at and you can take that home with you. But, um, you know, Jesus, uh, this was the Passover week, and a lot of things uh, happened to him. He was uh, betrayed by friends. He was given up and uh, severely, severely mistreated. And uh, he knew what was going to take place, and no one took his life from him. He, he laid it down willingly because that's what he came to do. How would you like it if your mission was to come and die? As a sacrifice so that everybody else could be set free. And uh, Jesus did. You know, he faced all the, the mistreatment, all the beating, all the, the pain and the suffering because he knew that you and I were going to come to be able to be reconnected with God. And uh, so he did. And then on the third day, he rose again. And I just want to read a uh, portion of scripture from Matthew chapter 28, 
Uh, Matthew 28, uh, starting with uh, verse 1. Uh, hallelujah. Well, I'll just read it from here. Matthew 28. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. Don't know what that registered on the Richter scale. But there was a great earthquake. You know, God is dramatic. He likes to do things that are seen and heard. And an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, rolled away the stone, and sat on it. <laughs> I'll tell you what. He, he, God will sit on the very thing that uh, thinks it's the end. And he'll sit on it to say it's a new beginning. Verse 3, his appearance was like lightning. Boy, I thought flash was cool. But the angels are even more cool. And his clothes were as white as snow. The guards trembled in fear of him and became like dead men. But Verse 5, but the angel said to the women... Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. Can you say amen? Amen. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you in Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. And so they hurried away from the tomb in fear and great joy. Oh, that's, a, that's a combination right there. And they ran to tell his disciples. You know, we got to get excited about the news of Jesus. Amen? Verse 9. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. They came to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Do not be afraid, said Jesus. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And then this is what the guards did. Verse 11. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests all that happened. After the chief priests had met with the elders and formed a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money and instructed them, you are to say, his disciples came by night and stole them away while we were asleep. Now, if they, if they fell asleep on guard, they could risk their life. But they were paid a large sum of money to lie. If this report reaches the governor, we will satisfy him. And keep you out of trouble. So the guards took the money and did as they were instructed. This account has been circulated among the Jews to this very day. And you can read the different accounts and the different things of Jesus' resurrection. And today, I want us to focus on identifying with the power of the resurrection. 
Yeah, this was a great demonstration of power by God, but we can also, we have access to this power. This power is available to us. Amen? Today is a celebration of life. It's a triumph of victory, and this is a great turnaround day. Amen? Today is a declaration and recognition of God's awesome power that's available to every believer. I said God's awesome power is available to every believer. When you get a hold of that, you'll get excited. God's power, his resurrection power is available to every believer. Amen? It's available to you to help you, to heal you. To save you, to direct you, and strengthen you. And you can be encouraged today. It's your day today. Hallelujah. See, because God planned to send Jesus to this earth to demonstrate to the world that Jesus is his only begotten son. He is the Messiah, the Savior, and the Redeemer. Of mankind. No one could see the kingdom of God or know God as Father without what Jesus did his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. His resurrection opened up heaven to us. Hallelujah. And there was more than enough evidence to prove that it actually occurred. You can't disprove it. Amen. You know, uh, I heard of a filmmaker who was making an HD film about Jesus' resurrection. You know what it's called? ADHD. After his death in HD, right? ADHD. It's okay to laugh. See, the, the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the story of what he did, what he came to do. And when you believe the gospel, you have access to the power. Because the gospel is his message. When you believe the gospel message, you begin a relationship with Jesus. And you receive God's power, his greatest gift to mankind. Hallelujah. In other words, the resurrection was God's amen to his plan of salvation. It was the exclamation points. I want you to turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Hallelujah. You know, we don't have to work up God's power. We don't have to work up our excitement, our emotions. I'm excited that Jesus rose from the dead. I'm excited that his power is available to me. I'm excited that I have access to that very same power. He wrote it in scripture. He wrote it for eternity. Hallelujah. He he did all that he did for us. All right. Romans chapter 1 and uh, verse 3. Romans 1 and verse 3. The Apostle Paul was writing here and he said, Concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh. In his humanity, he was a descendant of David. Verse 4, 
and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. The resurrection declares some things. It declared that Jesus was God's son of power according to the spirit of holiness. Hallelujah. The spirit of holiness was at work in the resurrection. He was at work in creation. He's at work in the new birth. And he was at work in the resurrection. Glory to God. And he's working today in every believer. Glory to God. God's power is available to us. So we need to identify with the power of the resurrection. You know, the church is the powerhouse of God on the earth. Say, I've got the power. Go, uh, 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 uh. No, I'm just kidding. We've got the power. I don't know why, whenever I say the word power, that just comes on me. Amen? So, then he said... Through him, verse 5, through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. Say, I'm the called of Jesus. He called you, first of all, to himself. Then he calls you to do a work in this earth. He gives you talents, he gives you abilities, and he has a plan and a design for your life. And you can't do what you need to do without the power of God. God did not want a wimpy church. He wants a powerful church. And he is the power supplier. Amen? So I just, he was declared... The Son of God with power by the Spirit of holiness, by his resurrection. His resurrection was a declaration by God. It proved that he is who he said he was. It proved beyond a a doubt. And when we believe and embrace and receive Jesus, we have access to the power for whatever you need it for. Right? It's saving power. It's healing power. It's strengthening power. It's helping power. It's delivering power. Amen? It's making things right power. It's reversing the curse power. Hallelujah. It's stopping the devil power. Did you know that as as a believer in Christ Jesus, you have power over the devil? He's not stronger than you are because of who's inside of you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, let's look at verse 8. Romans 1.8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Do you think people speak of your faith? Amen. It's by faith that we access the power. See, I have faith. Where'd you get the faith? It comes from God. It comes from hearing God's word, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. And it's that faith that that causes you to plug into the power. It's that faith that causes you to access the power. It's by faith that that power is made available to us. All right? Go to verse 16. 
Paul said, he said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of, of the message. I'm not ashamed of what Jesus did. I'm not ashamed. I'm bold about it. Amen. I believe strongly in it. How about you? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? It is the power of God unto salvation for a few of them that believe. Oh, he said everyone. All you got to do is believe and you can access the power. It's as easy as plugging in a lamp. Amen. You just have to plug it. You just have to plug into the plug and turn it on and the power is available. This building is wired for power and we paid our power bill, right? We paid the amount of money that it costs to generate electricity. So any plug in this building, you can plug in an electrical device. And as long as that device is operational, it'll work. It'll function. Why? Because the power is available. Amen. Just like the power is available in this building, God's resurrection power is available to us. And, and, and we can plug, God, you don't have, God doesn't have a physical plug. It's by faith. That means you could be in the desert and plug into the power. You could be in the mountains and plug into the power. You could be, uh, on another continent and plug into the power. Faith is the way we plug into the power. It's available for everyone who believes. Say everyone. Say that includes me. All right. First Corinthians chapter one. First Corinthians chapter, we have to identify as God's power, with God's power. When Jesus rose from the dead, there was excitement. I mean, those women, they ran to tell. They they didn't like, oh, I'm going to see Jesus. Going to tell the disciples that Jesus rose from the dead. No, they were gone. It was quick. Why? There was an excitement. There was jubilation. The very same people that saw him die on the cross are now going to get to witness him alive from the dead. That's a good thing. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the message... Of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the what? It is the power of God. Everybody say to us. That means it's available to us. It's for us. We can use it. We can have it. We can function in it. We can work with it. We can serve with it. We can worship with it. We can share the gospel with it. God's power is very practical. All right, let's go to chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter, see, I have to identify with the power. That means because Jesus rose from the dead, we need to live like he's alive. I think sometimes we live like he's defeated. We talk more about the problems than we do about the solution. We talk about how big this is or how big that is. How about how big your God is? How strong your God is? It's just a simple change of conversation. Amen? You can either magnify the problem or you can magnify God. It's the difference of smiling or frowning. Actually, it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. You'd be conserving energy by getting happy. 
Amen? First Corinthians 2, 4. This is Paul speaking. He said, my, my speech and my preaching were with all kinds of worldly uh, uh, no. props. No. no? Didn't say that? No. His simple talking, his speech, all right, his speech and preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of what? Those are the two elements that occurred in the resurrection, the Holy Spirit and power. I mean, it was God's power on display. Verse 5, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. If you're going to put your faith in my eloquence, you're, you're, you're at a dead end. Don't put your faith in my speech. I'm just a messenger. Put your faith in the power of God. Say, my faith is in God's power. And he can, you know, he can move in spite of me. You remember when Peter was invited to go to Cornelius' house? The Holy Spirit said, go with these men. Don't ask any questions. Peter was having a good time meditating and praying on the rooftop. And God was showing him a vision. And now the the Lord says, go and ask no questions. Peter didn't know what he was getting into. He just knew he was supposed to go. So he's going, right? He gets to this house, and it was VCF. And Cornelius had invited all you lovely people to his house. Because they needed to hear what Peter's message was. God needed, see, an angel doesn't preach the gospel. People preach the gospel. That's what God's plan, that's how, that's God's design. He designed for people to preach the gospel. So Peter went in there, he started preaching the gospel, and the Holy Spirit said, okay, you said enough, let me take over. In spite of Peter, the Holy Spirit just fell on the place, and that was when the first time the Gentiles were filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And they spoke in tongues, just like they did on the day of Pentecost. Same spirit, same results, same power. And Peter didn't know, but see, Peter knew the power. Peter was connected to the power. He could go into the unknown, not knowing anything, but he knows in who he needs to know, right? You can go into the unknown if you know God. I know in whom I believed. He's able to keep that which I commit to him. Amen? Amen? So, you got to have your faith in the power of God. Go to 420. 1 Corinthians 420. I'm having a good time today. Pardon me for the overly excitement of my message. I'm not making excuses. Listen, I love Jesus and I get excited about him. And I'm not ashamed about it. God didn't do a resurrection so people could be fuddy-duddies. All right. 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in what? Power. Power. We have to identify with the power of God and the power of his resurrection. All right. One more. Go to 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 7. You know, here at VCF, we love the Bible. 
If you don't love the Bible, you need a second dip. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 7. Notice this. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Where, where, is, this, where is this treasure? In us. Say, it's in me. You are God's treasure chest. He made his greatest investment into you, which was his son, Jesus Christ. And when you get Jesus, you get power. Amen? It just, it just, you can't have Jesus without power. You get Jesus and power. You don't have to ask for it on the side. It comes with it. It's included. It's included in the meal. Right? God wants you supersized. He wants supersized Christians that are powerhouses for God. You know why? You're going to need power to stand on the word because there's a lot of opposition in the world. There's a lot of things that are against truth and against God in our world. And we need some people who are going to be able to stand strong and you need power to stand strong. Because you know what? Sometimes you may have to stand alone. You know, God doesn't do things for popularity things. And, and sometimes we have to stand alone. So we need power to do that. Aren't you glad for the power? All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Now that we identify with the power of God, we've got to live by the power of God. You know, the power of God is practical. How are we, how, how are we supposed to live a Christian life? By chance? By maybes? By what? We're supposed to live by faith. Amen? And we're supposed to have faith in the power of God. Right? So 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4. For though he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. Did the Bible tell us that we're supposed to live by the power of God? Amen? Hallelujah. We're supposed to live by the power of God. That's, that's exciting. Amen? God's power is available to you. It's in you. Hallelujah. Uh, go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, you don't mind looking at the Bible, do you? Because I'd rather give you scripture than my opinion. (laughs) Amen? Why? There's a greater weight to scripture. My opinion is not going to change a heart, but scripture has power to change you. It has power to transform you. It can change your situation. Amen? If you came in here today and you're dealing with any kind of disease or sickness, there's power to heal you today. There's power to touch you today. If you're stuck in any kind of situation, there's power to lift you up out of that. Amen? That's what God's power is for. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. Paul is praying here for the church. And he says in verse 19, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to whom? To us who what? Say, all I have to do 
to receive God's power is believing it. You make a decision, say, that is for me. Right? Whenever God's power is present, that is for me. Whatever he wants to do, that is for me. Whatever God wants you to have, that is for me. You don't have to say anything else. God gives without limits. He gives without reservation. He didn't think twice about giving his son Jesus Christ to the earth. He gave his very best. Paul said that that power is in us who believe according to the working of his mighty power when he raised which he worked in Christ. See, if you're in Christ, then his power is working in you. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand to in the heavenly places far above. Ooh, I'm telling you that the enemy can't even touch him. We sang that we're unstoppable because God's unstoppable, amen? You're untouchable by the enemy. When you're in Christ, you're untouchable. The enemy can't touch you. The enemy can't mess with you. While you're in Christ, you always overcome. You always win. You always triumph. Why? You're a product of the resurrection. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. So when a name comes at you, say, excuse me, there's a higher name that I can go to. Amen. And I get my answer. Hallelujah. I get my help. Where does your help come from? It comes from above. God's a very present help where? In trouble. He's very present in your trouble. You know, the Bible said he's nearer than you think. He's right there with you. <laughs> when, when Paul was on, on the ship about to be wrecked in the storm, God's presence showed up in the storm on the boat. And he encouraged him. He gave him hope. He said, no, no one's going to lose their life. Amen? Where was that? was in the midst of a storm. When the sky was dark for days and weeks and he hadn't eaten and God was right there, his presence was very help in trouble. I can't tell you how many times God saved me from severe accidents because there there were times when I was driving by myself before I was married and I was going back home or going to school. And uh, there were some times where I didn't know what happened. But God's hand must have been on me to protect me. Because I'm still here. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we have to identify with the power of God. Because it's operating in us and it's working in us. But we can experience the power of God. Go to Philippians chapter 3. How many would like to experience the power of God? Can I actually experience the power of God? Yes. Yes. But I don't qualify. Jesus qualified you. The Bible says that God made a, qualified us to be partakers of his divine nature. Amen. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. Paul, you know, Paul had some insight about the resurrection. 
Notice what he wrote inspired by the Holy Spirit. Verse, verse 9, Philippians 3, 9. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him. And that's talking about the most intimate kind of knowledge that you could have of a person. That I might know him and the what? The power of his what? Even though Jesus rose a long time ago, we can know today in Palmyra the power of his resurrection. We can become intimately acquainted with the power. We can experience the power of God. And the fellowship of his sufferings. Well, I don't want the power without sufferings. But guess what? The power gets you through the sufferings. Jesus had the power to face the cross. He had the power to give his life as a sacrifice. Was it easy? No. Did he want another way? Yes. Father, if this cup passed from me, let there be another way. But not my will, yours be done. He was determined... This is the way God had designed it. Remission of sin cannot come without the shedding of blood. Blood of a pure and spotless lamb had to be shed. His blood, Jesus was the pure and spotless lamb. John said he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He was the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. And on that cross... That's where the payment for our sin was made. He he shed his blood. He broke the curse. Hallelujah. Every place where his blood shed, he broke a curse. And in doing so, our debt was paid in full. Our debt. Anybody get excited about paying off debt? Our debt was paid in full. There wasn't enough gold in the world to pay our debt. But it required a specific thing, blood. And that blood was shed for you and for me. And because his blood was shed. (laughs) Okay? So, if you want to know the power of his resurrection, guess what? You're going to go through some things. But guess what? You got the power to go through. Not set up camp. You're not going to set up camp sorrow in the midst of suffering. Why? You're going to go, it's only temporary. Say it's temporary. And it can't compare to the glory of God. Okay? All right? So that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Hallelujah. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You doing good? 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And look at verse 14. Be careful, it might cause you to shout. And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. 
Did you know that you came to church today so that you could get a raise? God raised you up by his power. Promotion comes from God. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, Jesus was buried. I want you to go to Matthew 27 for a minute. He had to be buried. Why? God had to make it look impossible. Because God loves making impossible things possible. You know, when someone is buried, you think that that's the end. Right? That's the final place where you say goodbye when someone dies. When they're being buried, that's it. Right? They're gone. But Jesus was only gone temporarily. I'll be back soon. Matthew 27, and look at verse 62. Oh, no, I'm sorry, verse 57. Verse 57, Matthew 27, verse 57. Now, when evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. Now, he was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was a member. He, 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 he had to see Jesus go through the mock trial that he went through. You know, they, couldn't, they had a hard time finding false, testi- false witnesses. They had a lot of false witnesses, but only two of the false witnesses' messages stuck. Uh, But they were false. Everybody say false. Okay? And but he had become a disciple of Jesus. Verse 50. This man went to Pilate and asked him for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock, and he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed, and Mary Magdalene was there, and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. You know, Mary Magdalene had seven devils cast out of her. And when those seven devils were... uh 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 cast out of her, she followed Jesus everywhere he went. She was there uh, at the crucifixion. She was there in the upper room. She was there at the tomb. She saw, and she was the first one the, the next morning when he rose from the dead, or the third day, actually, she should say. You know, when you get delivered from seven devils, you become a strong follower of Jesus. I mean, seven devils only brought torment, heartache, and pain. But when she met Jesus, she was free, free, free. Hallelujah. And she was one of the women who supported his ministry too. Glory to God. Okay. So Jesus was buried. All right. And uh, then uh, Pilate, uh, he put a guard there. Okay. Now let's go to Romans chapter 2. Let's look at, I'm I'm sorry, Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 verse 2. So he was buried, okay? But he also buried your sin. 
He also buried your old nature, the sin nature. He buried your faults. Does God remember your mistakes? No, he says, as far as the east is from the west, I forget them. And once, see, God's got rose-colored glasses. Once things are under the blood, he only sees Jesus. He, he, he looks at you and he sees you as Jesus. Because he sees everything's covered in the blood. You know, when sin's covered in the blood, you can't, you can't make it out. You can't tell what it is. It's gone. Say, all my sins are under the blood. Hallelujah. You, you are forgiven and you are free. Amen? Okay, Romans 6, verse 2. Uh, he says, uh, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? No. Grace is not a license to sin. Once you, met, once you meet Jesus, he expects you to live like him, talk like him, act like him, think like him, behave like him. Amen? He wants you to live for God. He didn't do all the work that he did so that you could be saved and not live for him. God wants every believer to live for God. Doesn't matter when you came to know him. The moment you start knowing him, you got to start living for him. You can't neglect that. Okay? How shall we, uh, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were also baptized into his death? You know, baptism is a picture of his death, burial, and resurrection. Because when, when a person is baptized, they, they're baptized based on a confession that Jesus Christ is Lord. Right? They believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They believe that he died for them on the sins. And they confess him as Lord. And then we baptize you. Right? Now, we dunk you once or we dunk you twice or do we hold you under till you really repent? <laughs> That's just a theory. So, in a baptism, a person goes under the water. They're buried. But they come up out of the water. They don't stay under the water. They come up a new creature, a new creation. Why? That's what Jesus did. Jesus went into the tomb as a dead man, but he rose as a living man. He rose with a glorified body. He could eat, he could touch, but he could walk through walls. He didn't need a passport to travel. When you've got a glorified body, you can move from one place to another like that. Amen? And if, 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 if we're not here when Jesus comes, that means we died. But when he comes again, we're going to be connected with our, our new body. We're going to get upgraded. Amen? Okay? So we're buried with him through baptism into death, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we all, this is verse 4, we should walk in newness of life. Did you know that when Jesus rose from the dead, he took it wherever he went? He went to the Sea of Galilee in a resurrected body. He ate in a resurrected body. He walked the streets in a resurrected body. He took the resurrection wherever he went. Did you know that when Jesus was resurrected, he had no desire to go back in the tomb? He didn't talk about the tomb. He didn't even say how comfortable the the stone was. 
He didn't say how the atmosphere was. Because resurrection wiped that all away. The death was a moment, but resurrection is forever. He was walking in his resurrection. He was living in his resurrection. That's how he wants us to live in new life. We got to take our new life to lunch. We got to take our new life to our family. We got to take our new life on our job. We got to take our new life on vacation. We got to take our new life to our neighbors. My point is, you got to take new life with you wherever you go. That means you got to live it. Say, I got to live it. If I was Jewish, I'd say, Oh, hey, I've got to live it. I'm an adopted Jew, but I work for a rich Jew whose retirement plan is out of this world. Okay, verse 5 tells us how this works. For we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly. Everybody say certainly. Notice he didn't say maybe. This is for certain. This is assurance. Certainly we also uh, shall be in likeness of his resurrection. You know, when someone um, has to receive CPR, you know, uh, maybe you've seen it on TV or maybe you've seen it live. Someone passes out for some reason and someone gives them CPR. They pump the heart right and they, they breathe into their mouth. And when life comes back to them, are they sad? Do they want to go back to that moment before CPR occurred? No. They're like, oh, thank you so much. You saved my life. Praise God. But we got some Christians, some believers. They come out of the tomb. Where were you? Well, Jesus rose. God did not call you to be an Eeyore Christian. You know Eeyore, Winnie the Pooh? He calls you. Listen, you're a a firebrand. You're alive. You have been resuscitated by resurrection power. Jesus put his hands on you and said, clear, boom. And you came to life. You, we were, listen, before Christ, we were spiritually dead. We were separated from God until we met Jesus. And then we got reconnected. Hallelujah. He's got a spiritual defibrillator that brought life to us. It's called resurrection power. He doesn't even need the two things to rub together. It comes from his word. It comes from his name. Hallelujah. This is the power that we have available to us. Glory to God. All right. The Bible says that our our new life is hidden in Christ. Paul said it this way in Galatians 2.20. It's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Say, it's no longer I that live. Say, Christ is living in me. Say, the life that I live now, I live by faith. That's how we're supposed to live now. That's how we walk in the newness of life, by faith, by trusting God, by believing his word, by letting his word govern our behavior. Amen? Hallelujah. So because we were buried with him, we're also going to reign, we're also going to live with him. Right? Verse 6, Romans 6, 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, 
The old Doug Pishka, before he was a pastor, was crucified with Jesus. All right? But that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be a slave to sin. My old nature, which loved to sin, was done away with. Matter of fact, he nailed it to the cross. He buried my old sin nature. Now I'm a new creature. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. My life evolves around Jesus. He's why I live. He's the reason for living. I want to promote him. I want you to see, when you look at me, I want you to see Jesus. Hallelujah. So we're buried with him, but yet we're, we've been raised with him. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, if, if anyone is in Christ, I would say anyone. How do you get in Christ? You believe that he's the son of God and you confess him as Lord. Easiest thing ever. Believe he's the son of God, confess him as Lord, boom, you're in Christ. If anybody be in Christ, they are a new creature. Old things are what? Behold, all things what? Become new or are made new, right? You're looking good today in your new suit. Everybody here, if you're born again, you got a new suit. Amen? Own it. Walk like you got a new suit. Walk, live like you're alive. Pray like you're alive. Witness like you're alive. You don't have to fear. Fear's been done away with. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I'm skipping over some things. You know me, I've always got more scripture than time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm. Oh, yeah. Go to uh, Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Say, I identify with the power of God. So if you have a sickness, the power of God is the cure. I don't care if it's a terminal illness. The power of God is the cure. Say, the power of God is the cure. The power of God is the answer to every problem. Amen? Did Jesus have critics? But did they stop him? Why? Because he knew the power of God. Paul, he probably suffered more persecution than any other preacher. Did that stop him? No, he understood the power of God. Just because you identify with the power of God doesn't mean you're going to go through things. You're going to face things, but they're not going to overwhelm you. They're not going to stop you. Amen? Those are just temporary signposts to say, God is good. God is my deliverer. And no matter what I face, I'm getting through it. Amen? There's no amount of heartbreak that the power of God can give you joy to overcome in. All right, Hebrews chapter 2. And in uh, verse 14. Insomuch then as children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death, He might destroy him 
who had power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Hallelujah. Jesus destroyed him who had power over death through his resurrection. Go to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Look at verse 18. Well, look, verse 17. Revelation 1, 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. (laughs) Jesus knows what it's like to be dead and he knows what it's like to be alive. He likes being alive better because he's been alive longer. Hallelujah. Death was three days, but he's been alive before and after that. And was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write the things which you have seen, and the things which are about, which are, and the things which will uh, take place after this. Can you say amen? amen? So we identify with the power. We can experience his power. We can relate to his power because we've been buried with him. Therefore, we are raised with him. Amen. We we have been filled by him. We have been called by him. Amen. So God's power is available to you today in the name of Jesus. His power is available for whatever you might need in life, for whatever you need God to do for you. Amen. His power is available. I want us to believe in the power of God because the power of God is real. The power of God is, is genuine. There is a real power that God has made available to anyone who believes in him. Amen. And if you believe in him today, number one, if you don't know the Lord. Now, knowing the Lord is more than just going to church. It's having a intimate relationship with him where you talk to him he talks to you you learn from him amen that comes by being born again the resurrection gives us power to be saved and if you need to be saved today there's power to bring you home amen when a person gets saved you just experience the love of god maybe you've been saved once But you haven't been walking for God. You haven't been living for God. You haven't been serving God. Guess what? You need to change that. And you need to come come back home. Amen? Jesus said that this message of forgiveness and repentance is going to be preached throughout all the world. And the prodigal son, he was away from the father, but he decided to come home. I'm tired of hanging out with the pigs. I want to go see my father. And he came home. And the father received him. He didn't reject him. The father celebrated him. Amen. It's time to come home to Jesus. You've been away for too long. It's time to come home. If you need to come home today, today is a good day to do it. Today is a day of new beginnings. Amen. You can you can rewrite your story. Hallelujah. If you need to come home today, don't leave here today without coming back to Jesus. Amen. 
He said, if, if you uh, confess your sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And he has power so that you can live a successful, victorious life. Amen? If there's anything in that, that has stood in your way from you progressing forward, God's power can just demolish it. Just like that. Amen? We've got power to move mountains. He can, he's got power to touch your body today. Jesus is, he went around healing people because that's his will. Amen? His goal is to bring life to every area. He can bring life to a dead body. He can bring life to a body that's not working right. Amen? Jesus rose from the dead. It actually occurred. There's no doubt about it. But we, we got to receive his power today. Amen? If any of those things uh, speak of you, come on up here right now. We just want to agree with you in prayer and release the power of God. It's not about me or my hands, but it's about the power of God. That makes a difference. Or if you need help in any area of your life, I want you to come up right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God's power is here for you.